this is week number three in our series, Why Church Matters. And once again, I, I want to keep saying this. Well, why are you telling us? Because we're the ones who got here, right? Well, why, why, are you, why are you telling us? Because we took the time to be here today. Well, I'll, I'll keep going over these reasons because many of you, even though you've grown up in church, you've never really thought through why does coming every Sunday matter? And if you don't have that grounding of why it matters to connect and be a part, then it won't take much for you to get disconnected. And we've seen that many times. Didn't really know why. I, I come every Sunday and, and then something happens and then suddenly they're gone. Second reason why uh, church matters and why we're talking about this is many of our children, many of our grandchildren are not convinced that church matters. Uh, as every generation goes on, and Pastor Brandt is... is is really quick to tell me, no, no, it's, it's not okay just because we've always done it and that's what we do. That's not cutting it with our young people. They need to be taught and trained and explained why church is a priority. Because if they don't get it, uh, just because that's what we do, that, that's not going to make it any longer. It's no longer working. Third reason uh, the pace of life is increasing. I'm telling you, it's hitting in northern Michigan. We're more and more faster paced, overwhelmed, overscheduled, exhausted. And I won't ask for any hands today. But uh, some of you would say, yeah, I, I get it. So if you're not convinced and understand why church matters, when you get overwhelmed and overscheduled and exhausted, the temptation is... I think I'm going to skip this week, and one week becomes two, and two weeks becomes four, and four weeks becomes ten, and, and pretty soon you're way out. Hebrews calls it the church habit. Habit. And it is a habit. So, I, I'm just telling you, if you don't understand why this is important and essential as a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, there's a lot of reasons to say, I, I, I think I'm too busy, uh, not this Sunday. Now, let's go back to why does the church matter? We're, we're answering that question every Sunday. First Sunday, why does the church matter? Church matters because King Jesus, think with me, King of the cosmos, ruler, creator, savior, sustainer of the universe, says the local church is my plan. That's what King Jesus says. My plan to reach and change and love and save the world. Guess what his plan is? Tell me, what is it? It's the local church. So the king says, it's my plan. And I'm going to use the local church to reach northern Michigan. Literally, the local church is the hope of the world. It is. The, the local church is the hope of northern Michigan. And if I was just going to say it bluntly, okay, why does church matter? Because the king of the universe, Jesus Christ, says so. Jesus says it matters, so that all by itself is the number one reason. Last week, uh, week number two, why does church matter? Because the church is the bride of Jesus Christ. The, the church 
is uh, who Jesus came to earth for, and he sacrificed his life, he shed his blood, he took our place in the tomb, resurrected from the dead to bring us life. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, which is his church. He, he came for the sin of his bride, that's you and me, his church. And the church is who will enjoy the wedding supper of the Lamb. Remember last week, Revelation 19? We're going to get to be a part of the when we come together, and then for all of eternity, we're with the bridegroom, Jesus Christ. To tell the king of the universe, give me your eyes, um, I love you, king. I love you, Jesus. I, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to give you my life, but I just want you to know, I don't, I don't care for your bride. <laughs> I, I, I'm devoted to you, Jesus, but, but no thank you. I, I don't really like your bride. It, it's, it's pretty messy there when I get involved with your bride. Uh, I think instead I'm going to find some other way. No thank you, Jesus. Thanks for saving me, but I don't want any part of your church. You're not just rejecting the bride. Do you get it? You're not just saying no thank you to his church you're at core saying, I'm rejecting the groom. Because that's your bride. I'm saying, no, thank you. I'm not going to do it your way, Jesus. And we ask this question. What if the purpose of the local church, just like marriage, Ephesians chapter 5, what if the purpose of the local church is not to make us happy? Because everywhere we're all, we, you know, the king of this world, got to be happy, Right? But what if the purpose of marriage and the purpose of the local church is not to make us happy, but to make us holy? And that's the priority of King Jesus. Not, not for us to be happy, but to make us holy. Okay? This morning, reason number three, why does the church matter? You ready? The church matters because it's God's plan to grow us up and mature us in Jesus and His Word. God's plan is the church to grow us up so we're not a bunch of spiritual crybabies. Put it up there, Dan. Yeah! <laughs> okay? <laughs> there we go. The Lord says, you know what? If it's not for the church, that's how you grow up and you're not just a bunch of spiritual crybabies. And, and that's where we're at without plugging into the local church. Locate with me on your phones. Ephesians chapter 4 or in your Bibles. We'll start with verse 11. And if you can, stand with me if you're able. And we're going to read about God's plan to grow us up. So we're no longer a bunch of crybabies. You ready? Verse 11 Read with me if you would please. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves 
blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Let's pray. Lord, would you uh, once again teach us today from your inspired book? We need you to move us and nudge us and convince us and convict us that we need to grow in your word. Help us, Lord, to not be content. Help us never to be satisfied with how far we've come. Lord, uh, would you give us a holy discontent to keep growing and maturing and becoming more and more like your son, Jesus. And Jesus, uh, I, I prove this a thousand times, a thousand times. Uh, I don't do well in my own flesh and neither do any of us. Old, selfish, sinful us, Lord, we, uh, we sow really bad stuff when we're just doing it our way, when we're doing as we please. So, Lord, uh, once again, I'm asking that your Spirit might be welcomed today in your church. But we recognize, Lord, there's something that you call sin that prevents us from getting connected with your Son, Jesus. So first, right off the bat, Lord, uh, we want to invite you to show us if there's sin that we've not dealt with, sin that we've been excusing or blaming somebody else about. Lord, would you make it clear? Words we've said, thoughts, attitudes, motives that are sinful, activities that we've participated in, things our eyes have looked at, they had no business looking at. Lord, would you right now show us those things? We have an incredible capacity to ignore and shove those away. Make it clear, and as you make things clear, Lord, we're going to do the U-turn. We're going to run to the cross. And as we run to the cross, Lord, we're going to confess what you're making clear right now. You're calling it sin. We're going to call it sin too. And we're grateful, Lord. All those here today, all those watching online who've said yes I believe I receive you, Savior and Lord. Our accounts at that moment are marked paid in full by the shed blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. So your account's paid in full. Do you know that? And now confession, we're writing a check based on that account. And all of our sins are already washed, but, but we're applying the blood right now to that sin that you've made clear. Because we want nothing between you and us, Lord. We want nothing preventing you from taking charge and ruling and reigning in our lives. Wash, cleanse, head to toe. So now, Jesus, you can come and sit on the throne. You can come and drive. We drink streams of living water. Fill us up. Recharge our batteries. Refill our tanks. And all the church family at Walloon Lake, all those watching online, 
said with one unified voice, you can be seated. Amen. I like that. The local church matters because God's plan to grow us up to become mature followers of Jesus Christ, His plan is the local church. Otherwise, um, we're just sitting around drinking from the baby bottle, okay? And I want you to think of these terms. That's some of us there if we remain spiritual babies. And although you look mature on the outside, if you're requiring somebody, oh, I'll get you a bottle, I'll feed you, you don't know how to feed yourself, you make a mess, you sin, you don't know how to deal with it, you're a baby. I hate to tell you, but you're a baby constantly being fed and attended to and burped and have your messes cleaned up, okay? I'm just telling you, without the local church, that's who we are, spiritually speaking. Ephesians 4, verse 11, go back to it. Christ himself has given us people, gifts, so we don't have to be babies any longer. And you'll notice he gives four types of people, okay? He says, Christ himself, Paul writes, has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastor teachers. I want you to know there's a little bit of debate between whether that's pastors and teachers, four gifts or five. I think the best way to read it is pastor-teacher. Okay? So that's how I'm going to talk about it. Please understand, there's a few people who disagree, but they're just wrong. Okay, here we go. Uh, just kidding. Verse 12, what are these four groups of people supposed to do? What, what are they doing? It says, I've given you these gifts, these people, verse 12, they're to equip the church. Verse 12b, they're to equip the body. Verse 13, keep going, they are to bring maturity to the church. Verse 14, uh, these people are to keep us from staying as infants. Uh, verse 15, they're to grow us up so we can learn how to speak right. And verse 16, these folks are to grow and build the church in love. Okay? So let's put all four of those descriptives and of verses 11 to 16 together. Jesus gave the church body people with gifts in the church to equip and build and mature and grow and to prevent us from remaining as little kids, as babies, as spiritual infants, always crying and needing attention, okay? Jesus knew that his children, his church, needed a place where we would be taught and trained and corrected and led so we can grow up and Jesus can accomplish his plan in us. That's the purpose of the local church, to help us to grow up. Now let's go back to verse 11. Let's break down the different gifts a bit. Verse 11 says... Uh, Jesus Christ has given us apostles. 
Well, well, who are apostles? What What does that mean? They are a specific group of men. Why? Because those are the ones that Jesus handpicked. A group of men who saw the living, resurrected Christ and were appointed as his men, as his apostles. Acts 1.22. What did the apostles do? They mapped out the boundary of doctrine and belief. They, were the, they, they figured out what is it that the church should know and believe and follow. And then the apostles were the ones who were inspired by the Holy Spirit, 1 Peter 1, carried along by the Holy Spirit, and the apostles were the ones who wrote out the New Testament. You understand? Well, what about Mark? Was he apostle? No, but it seems that Peter was the voice there, and Mark was writing down what the apostle Peter had to say. You understand? So, they were the first instructors and deliverers of truth to the early church, the apostles. Back to verse 11. There were given apostles, and then there were given prophets. Okay? Prophets were men and women. <gasps> women? Yep. How do you know that? Go to Acts 21, verses 8 and 9. Okay? You can write that down, look it up later, but Philip and his four daughters were prophets, or, if you will, prophetesses, okay? Uh, they received and declared the Word of God. Prophets were the mouthpieces of God before the New Testament, Genesis, no, excuse me, Matthew to Revelation came together. Tracking with me? So before we had Matthew to Revelation and the New Testament came together, you had prophets. They were declaring, this is God's Word. And mostly under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, prophets and prophetesses, they guided the early church into how they should live and what they should believe. And most of what they had to say was based on the apostles' teaching, okay? But it hadn't yet come together. Uh, again, Matthew to Revelation, we would call that the New Testament canon, had not yet come together. So in the meantime, you needed some folks to declare, this is what God's Word is all about today in the church age. At this point, all they had was Genesis to Malachi to work with. So you had prophets stepped up declaring God's Word. Now, pause. Every once in a while, I'll hear somebody refer to this pastor or this church leader. This is a prophet Moses, or this is a, a, a apostle Jacob, and, and they'll talk about them as though they today are prophets or they are apostles. Uh, let, let me just say a couple thoughts here, okay? The requirements of a prophet of God, Deuteronomy 18.22, is that they are 100% accurate in all they predict. Okay? So if you're going to be claiming, I'm a prophet of God, uh, Deuteronomy 18.22 says, okay, but you better 100% of the time always be correct. And if you go to Deuteronomy 18.20, and if you're ever wrong, we kill you. 
Okay, you're dead. So you are now a false prophet, therefore we will kill you. And, and I would argue most people who say, oh yeah, I'm a prophet, okay, uh, you better always be right because as soon as you say something doesn't come true, you're dead. Uh, just call me pastor. You just, just call me pastor, okay? I, I think, I, think uh, I, I don't really want to be prophet anymore. Revelation 22, 18 and 19 tells us, that if anyone wants to add to God's Word, or if anybody wants to subtract from God's Word, you're under God's judgment. In other words, God's Word is complete. It doesn't need addition, and you better not be subtracting. So, God's Word is complete, and the apostles and the prophets, Ephesians 4.11, have been dead now for about 2,000 years. They're all present in glory with Jesus Christ. They are gifts from Jesus to the early church, used so that the early church could operate until the New Testament came together. Does that make sense? So that, that's where the apostles and the prophets were wonderful gifts. But go back to verse 11, and now we have two more gifts. We have evangelists, and pastor teachers, okay? And they are for today to grow and train the local church. Evangelists, okay? We don't talk about this that much other than maybe Billy Graham, right? Billy Graham, he's an evangelist. Uh, Luis Palau, he's an evangelist. Uh, I'm just telling you, today there are evangelists. Today there are men and women who have a gift from the Holy Spirit to share the good news of Jesus. And they do it naturally, they do it freely, they do it with power, and lots and lots of people respond to these folks. Think about the people you know, they can just strike up conversations everywhere they go very naturally, and people respond. And people are ready to respond and say yes to the Jesus that they just share so freely, so naturally, okay? Uh, again, we're all to do the work of an evangelist, but there are some people, they've got the gift. They've got the gift. And they are a model for us. They are an example for us. They are wonderful gifts for us in the church family today. And if you're thinking right now, you know some people. Pastor Don, Don Bump, he was an evangelist. Everywhere Don went, People came to Christ. So I, I could just think of uh, Jamie Woodall. He's got the gift. Everywhere he goes, talks freely, naturally, and lots of people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Pastor Joe Bono, same way. Just naturally, they're talking. Now, should we all be doing it? You better believe it. But some people got the gift. <laughs> okay? Last group. Back to verse 11, Ephesians 4. It says, Pastors and teachers. Literally, this means shepherds who teach. Shepherds who watch over the flock and teach. They are pastor teachers who watch over the church family, the flock, and teach God's Word to the flock. Okay, Protect the family from straying from the truth of the Bible. And what should pastor teachers be doing? Okay. 
You, you can look at this. You, you can look at the six things here, and, and I'll let you take a little survey. Oh, how's Pastor Jeff doing on these six? Okay, here we go. This will be fun for you. Verse 12, first. First thing pastor teachers should do, work to equip God's people. Verse 12, equip them so they can get in the game and serve. In other words, you don't just always stay there and keep getting equipped and fed all. No, no, get equipped, get trained, get taught, now get in the game. And I'll uh, resist the urge to ask how many of you are in the game or how many of you are just sitting in the stands, okay? Verse 13, second thing pastor teachers should do is look towards unity and oneness. Keep the peace in the family. Chad, is that a challenge at times, you know? Keep the peace. Sometimes Chad and I, we joke with each other. I, I think part of our job is firemen. You know, and, and when there's sparks and when there's trouble, run with the water of God's Word and the Holy Spirit and do everything you can to put out the fire. Keep, keep peace in the family. Verse 13b, to increase knowledge of the Son of God. Who's that? Who's the Son of God? Answer, Jesus. Okay? So that maturity and fullness grows. And keep the main thing, the main, keep Jesus front and center. Verse 14, to prevent the church body from being deceived. One of the roles, pastor, teacher, make sure that cunning and crafty and deceptive teachers don't lead the sheep astray. Make sure you're explaining and ready to jump in if there's some false teachers who attempt to lure the young sheep away. Verse 15, Fifth thing, teach and model the balance of truth and love. That's a balance, right? Most of us, we kind of go one way or the other. Some of us, we're truth people. Oh yeah, I'll tell you the truth. And you hammer people with truth. And other of us, love, love, love is all you need. Squishy, but I'm probably not going to tell you much truth because I'm just here. I'm, I'm a prophet of love. Right? No, no. No, no. Don't claim that title. Okay? So, here's the balance. Verse 15, you got to put them together. And the pastor teacher is called to, to show and teach that it's a wonderful, the agape of Christ melded, welded with the truth of God's Word. It's powerful. So, the, that's, that's my job. That's what pastor teachers are to do. Teach that and then try to model that so people can see what that looks like. Number six, sixth thing. Um, grow and build the church family as each person in the family is able to do their job. Okay? So you need to find your job. What's your role in the family? What's your role in the body? Find your role, your gifts, and now equip them to do it. Unleash them. Now, now go do what the Lord has built and wired you to do. Find your sweet spot and get in the game. Okay? Jesus himself, look back at verse 11. This is kind of cool. Jesus said, I've given the church the duty, the responsibility to grow up the body of Christ, the family. Why? Because he wants us to be mature, effective, 
fully developed followers of Christ. That's his goal for all of us. Mature, effective, using your gifts, developed, following Jesus with all you got. Okay? And yet, here's, here's the reason for the series. Many people t- today say, you know, um, I think um, I'll find another option. You, you say it's the church. Um, I don't think I want the church to be my training ground. I, I don't think I want the church to be my training, maturing place. I think I'd rather listen to podcasts. I think I'd rather watch sermons on YouTube I think I'd like theological conversations in the coffee shop. I think I just want to wander around the woods and pray. I think that's my church. Give me your eyes. Nothing wrong with any of those things. But it's not church. Nothing wrong with any of those things. Those are all good things. But that's not God's way. That's my way. I'm I'm going to find another way. And I'm just telling you, messy as it is, inconvenient as it is, sometimes as hard and difficult as it is, God's plan today is the local church to grow us up and mature us and to get ready to get in the game. Um, Turn with me now on your phone in your Bible. Hebrews chapter 5. Would you turn there? We're shown in Hebrews 5. Here's what happens if you don't plug in and do it God's way If you don't get trained and taught in the body, in the local church, here is the result. Slide down to verse 12, Hebrews chapter 5. Here's what the writer says. Who's the writer of Hebrews? We don't know. (laughs) He's not named. Uh, Here's what it says. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, did you catch that? By this time... Y'all ought to be teaching others. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. (coughs) A little thirsty, excuse me. That almond milk's pretty good, Dee. What's, What's the problem with this? I bet you the Ray kids can tell me. <laughs> yeah, just a little strange, PJ. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, this sure is convenient. I, I found you can stick it in your pocket, walk around, you know. You know, you can't, this thing you can't do that with, you know. Just put it right in your pocket, pull it right out. And you know, sometimes, don't you get a little weary having to chew? Isn't chew, you know, cutting things up and chew, 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 chew. How many times are you supposed to chew? You know, that's too much work. I'm telling you. Pour a little insure in there. I'm ready to roll. Way easier. 
God's Word says this. Look at, look at Hebrews. By now, many of you should be teachers of God's Word. By now, m- many of you, you, you don't need to be taught. You should be grown and mature and helping other babies to grow up and be mature. But instead, still living on milk. You're still only eating baby food. Again, it's time to grow up, he says. The writer here is real clear, real blunt. It's time to get trained and quit sucking on the bottle. Francis Chan says the problem in the church is... No, I'm not going to say it. (laughs) I'm not going to. The purpose for us coming on Sunday mornings is not because you've been starving all week long. Do you understand? It's not because you haven't eaten all week long. But I'm telling you, I know this to be true. Some of you on Sunday mornings, it's... I haven't eaten in a week, Pastor Jeff. Give me my bottle. I'm famished. I'm, I'm starving. Why is that? Because you've never learned, give me your eyeballs, you've never learned how to feed yourself. And you're all dependent on somebody else feeding you, and you come to the church, and you're dependent on the sermon for food, or you won't survive. Got to have the podcast, got, got to go get on YouTube and find the sermon of my favorite guy, otherwise I'm going to starve to death. Go back, Hebrews 5, time to grow up. It's time to mature. And the church's job is to nudge and prod and push you so that you get trained and taught so you can grow and then you can help others to grow. Do you understand? And instead, <laughs> mm, boy, is that good. I want more milk. <laughs> Change my diaper. <laughs> Clean up my mess. <laughs> I don't know how to walk with Christ myself. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, can you imagine... A 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 year old in the high chair, see it there? Demanding that they be fed, or I'm pitching a fit. (laughs) You better feed me. I, I know I've been in church for 30, 40, 50, but I still don't know how to feed myself. It's time to grow up and mature, walk with Jesus, and listen close. And then after you've done that, then our duty is to help others to grow up. Do you understand how, how the Lord intends it? We don't just keep... There will be people who will come next, and they do need a bottle, and they do need intense care, and they, knew, they do need to be taught and trained, but now you help them in the process. I, I'm no longer dependent on the bottle. The church matters because the local church is God's inspired plan to grow us up, to mature us, to keep us from remaining spiritual babies in the church. Say this to me, let's not be content. Wherever you're at, wherever you're at in your walk, let's never be content. Okay, Jesus, I've grown this far 
that's enough. No, no. <laughs> he, he will say, no, no. You're gonna, you're gonna grow. You're gonna keep walking and becoming more and more like my son Jesus. Never content. Want to keep growing with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Would you just pause for a moment and invite the Lord to take his word and show you how it applies to you? How, how, does, how does what we just looked at from Ephesians and Hebrews relate to your life? Speak, Lord. We're listening. I suspect the Lord is saying to some of us here today, it's time to start growing. It's time to put the pedal to the metal. I've been too dependent on others, never really learned how to feed myself and walk daily with Christ, never learned how to daily get connected with Jesus and deal with sin, and get filled with His Spirit. For you today, it might be time to put away the bottle and learn God's meat. Or perhaps you know how to feed yourself. You know how to deal with sin and do the U-turn and confess and get clean You know how to abide with Christ, but for one reason or another, you've uh, got out of the game, you're sitting in the stands, and maybe for you today, it's time to step up and use your gifts and your talents to help others to grow up. Been spectating in the bleachers far too long, now God's plan for you is to get in the game. Finally, I don't want to not acknowledge you might be here today, you might be watching online, and the truth is you're not even sure if you belong to Jesus. Not even sure if you even like milk. Not even sure that Jesus is in you and has saved you and washed you clean. Not sure if the Holy Spirit is abiding in in your life. Not sure if there's fruit that makes it clear. Speak, Lord. There's some here or watching don't know you. Would you make that obvious? Would you make them hungry to know you? Would you make them hungry to clear up that question, to know that you know that Jesus Christ has taken charge of my life? And if you're unsure, I got great news. Right where you're at today, you can say yes to Jesus. Did you know that Jesus lived a sinless life here on planet Earth? God with skin on took your place, my place on the cross, shed his blood for my greatest problem, which is yours, we're sinners. Jesus took our place in the grave. 
and early Sunday morning arose from the dead. Is that not good news? Jesus, I believe you did that for me. And right now, by faith, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior and my King. I open the door of my life and I invite you in. Come save me. I want to walk with you. I want to be your child. It's time to start growing in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your plan. Thank you that uh, you gave us the gift of your church to grow up. And I pray for the most mature person here. You know who that is. Help them not to be satisfied and content. Help us, Lord, to keep on growing with you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray all these things.